in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? So also related to the college football playoff expansion is a couple stories earlier in the week about the American Athletic Conference wanting to add teams from the Mountain West. Uh, obviously, we had Boise State and emails that uh, were reported through FOIA that they wanted to leave the Mountain West and figure out how to get to the AAC because they thought it gave them a better chance at making the playoff. That was last fall. Uh, but now it's been a lot more of uh, rumors on Twitter and message boards about it. Uh, but I know Dennis Dodd reported on it that the AAC was interested in Boise State at one point as well. The idea here, though, was that the AAC would want to become closer to being a power conference. And so if they came and said, all right, who are the best teams available that are not in a power conference? You're, well, Notre Dame would be the top of that list, but they're not joining the AC. But the, the AC could add, you're talking about Boise State, you're talking about San Diego State, and Colorado State was the other name that was mentioned here as, hey, if the AAC adds a few more teams, they become a better overall conference. Again, maybe not in a power five spot, but gives them a better shot to have higher ranked teams and teams in the college football playoff. Probably not going to happen now that the college football playoff is expanding to 12, but I thought it was interesting that that was the AAC's sort of motivation here if they were actually going to do this. Well, won't, uh, like you said, won't there this be more of a push for, for leagues to do this, to get higher in those rankings for the 12? Because if you're, what, a top, was it top six, right? Top six conference, uh, you're yes. getting automatic in. I mean, if I'm them and I think I can strengthen by adding Boise, BYU's still out there. Uh, there's some pretty good programs still out there that are not in a conference for football-wise. I mean, I would keep calling these people. If I was the American, I would not. Because? Because right now, they are by far the best non-power non conference. Five. And over that 10-year that span where 12 group of five teams would have made the 12-team playoff, I think it was eight of them were from the American. The American? So... If you're the American, you're sitting here saying, well, we're already the best, and now one of us is guaranteed a spot. It's probably going to be us most years, so we don't need to change much at the moment. So maybe they do, because, well, here's the other part of this. If the AAC, let's say they added Boise State, San Diego State, Colorado State, and BYU. Right, I don't BYU. know if BYU would leave for that. Right. But let's just say those four. The Mountain West is decimated. Yes. And the Mountain West is the second best group of five football conference. So if you decimate the second best, now they're competing with like the Sun Belt, the Mac for that automatic spot that a group of five team is going to get. Man, they're getting if it those year. teams left the Mountain West. Do you know what kind of woo goo we'd hear from <laughs> out at UNLV? <laughs> woo goo! You'd be oh UNLV would be oh it's decimated. If those teams left, yeah oh it's decimated. Yes. Like, because you're, again, well, how, you know, we might win the conference. Yes, I was That's what I'm saying. Say. Woo goo. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, man. Perennial but, champions. Come on. 
Five yeah. and seven. And that would be San Jose State. They went seven and zero last year. If they keep that quarterback who appears to be back for his 18th <laughs> season next year, that guy. <laughs> next question. Lights FC host San Antonio FC tonight. I gotta say. Lights FC this year are, are experimenting with Friday night home games. I don't think they've had one in the past. They've always done Friday Saturday night? night. Yeah. So they play tonight. They play on a Friday night. They play tonight? Yeah. You going to be there? I will not. No, you're headed. Yeah. You have, you have something to do. I'm That's going right. To Reno That's right. You're headed weekend. out. Yeah. So missing a game. It. It's devastating. Uh, I know. Oh, yeah. I, Good I'm thing, very though, devastated is, for you. You didn't plan around a Reno game? Listen, I'm not going to Reno for the sake of going to Reno. I'm going to Reno for girlfriend family obligations. Also, there is no team in Reno anymore to go watch and play. Oh. God, this league, man. I can't yeah. even keep it Can't even keep up with who's in the league. They went to the playoffs all four years of their existence and folded. So why'd they switch up this year's Fridays? I don't know. Just trying it out to see what happens. But it worked out very well for them. Because their first two home games have not been on the same night as a Golden. Knights I was going to say if they had experimented with Thursday night games, that would not have been good <laughs> yes. last night. Like that, like that is probably to me like the biggest thing early in the season for the, for the lights is to not play the same yeah. day as a Golden Knights home game. Yeah. And so far, so good. And even if it had gone seven, they wouldn't. They would have avoided playing even when it was a road game. So it worked out well for them to play on a Friday night. I won't got be this, there, Got the streak going, one in a row, right? Yeah. All right. Is, is that a streak? I don't think that's a streak. They got to win. Friday I think when you streak. were outshot 42 to two in the first couple, then this is a streak that you won the game. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. Sean McVay said he was happy, but not because Jared Goff is gone. So Sean McVay talked to the media yesterday. This was his first quote earlier in the day. I think I've been very happy. Everybody says, man, you just seem like you're in a better mood this offseason. And I said, you're damn right I am. He then later in the day had to come back and uh, clarify with this quote. I hate that I even have to say this, but I think I made a comment that was definitely taken out of context. I am very excited. I am in a good mood because of the confidence that I have in this team. But by no means is that a slight to anybody. You know, like Jared Goff, who has done a phenomenal job for the last four years. So McVay said he's in a great mood. And everybody said, well, yeah, you don't have Jared Goff anymore. And he had to come back and clarify and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not Jared Goff's fault. Okay. Was that the PR person telling him about what happened after he said it? Was that him so. realizing, oh, wait a minute, they might have taken that the wrong way? I think it was probably, there was a reaction probably on Twitter because everything's reacted to on Twitter. And the PR person said, oh, you better get in front probably. of this. Yes, that everybody came out and said, well, I'd be happy too if Jared Goff was gone. And he said, damn it, it wasn't about Jared Goff. It was about the fact that I saw Matthew Stafford on a beach in Cabo. <laughs> Oh, poor Jared Goff. Do you still have that drop of uh, Sean McVay saying oh, complimenting God, the one Jared? That sounds like he's in a wind tunnel. Hold yeah, on. it was. You loved it because it sounded like somebody was actually giving you a compliment. Uh, yeah, no, it was a great one. Okay, something about Jared. That's fine. Yeah, Jared did a great job all day. Is what Sean McVay said. Jared tried to pass it off as though one of us said it about him. Man, you know that's a great question. Todd Gurley is visiting the Ravens. Did you know Todd Gurley is only 26? Yeah, well, his body's Ooh. his body's 46. He's younger. That than, guy has been beat up. He's younger than Derrick Henry. I mean, think about it though. I feel you know that's that's a he's a great example of style of run in the NFL and where your body's not going to take. I mean, that guy yeah. is literally. I mean, it's not to make a joke. He's 26. His body's not 26. That guy's beat up. 
I highly doubt he's signing for any significant amount of money, no. but the Ravens have J.K. Well, you bring, Dobbins. Well, you can bring him into camp. Yeah, they have J.K. Dobbins. They have Gus Edwards. So I guess it's like, what would they do with Todd Gurley? Like, Mark Ingram was on their team last year, and they didn't use him in the second right. half of the season. Like, they went to Dobbins and Gus Edwards. So, like, yeah, I, I guess you can never have too many running backs, and maybe Gurley had, there's a game or two where you need him because of injuries. But I just, like, the role seems, I don't know what the Ravens would actually do with him. Like, he's, he might not even end up playing in most of the I games. can't believe Gurley's only 26. Yeah. It seems like he's been around oh, forever. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, again, Derrick Henry's, Gus Edwards, who you feel like is his Holds like Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's 27, one year older. But Gus Edwards is the same age as Todd Gurley. Feels like Gus Edwards has had, like, right. two NFL seasons. Right. And, yeah. Todd Gurley's not that old. It's just that's the running back position. Like, Todd Gurley was, like, one of the five most productive running backs, like, three seasons three years ago. ago. Yeah, three and seasons ago. And now we're talking about why he's would a team He's just completely over the hill and beat up. Yeah. And he's 26. It does position. show you not different styles and all that, but it does show you, like, the longevity and the amazing longevity of someone like Adrian Peterson. Like, oh. when a guy can play that position to a certain level, he's not what he wants, but, like, that's amazing at that position that you can go that long at any in, at any point. And Frank Gore. No, Frank Gore. Another Frank Gore I mean, might yeah, play Frank till Gore. the end of time. Yeah, exactly. In that position. It's amazing. <laughs> is he on a team? Wait. Is Hold he, on. All right. Is he I'll, signed? I'll, play, yeah, he we'll, we'll to go be. to the next one. Play. I think he's somebody's joker. I'm out. The Raiders release Kamas Sivarand. You know two stories about Kamas Sivarand. <laughs> Number one. Last fall, he was the undrafted free agent with the Seahawks that tried to sneak a girl in during a pandemic into the team hotel during training camp while dressing her up in a bunch of Seahawks apparel. So if they saw her, they think she was a player like a or team something. Employee. I guess he was also arrested earlier this year for street racing in Texas, where he got pulled over and then tried to run away or tried to drive away pulled over again and they ended up arresting for him my main question was he was still on the team okay the street racing didn't do it in for an undrafted free agent i just can't believe they didn't like pair him in a fifth round pick to trade him for a sixth <laughs> and we'll throw in a second um big question here who are you most surprised was still on the team or that you knew anything about kamas sivrand uh, Mr. Street Racer or Paul Michael Glaser, that offensive lineman they got off the uh, they got off the uh, street. <laughs> John Paul My John Paul Michael Glaser, that guy with like six names. That, that's like that did was the quote we signed him off the street. Yeah, we just got him off the street or something like so, that. I don't know about you. Like at that moment, I think we were both like, we don't know who the hell that right. guy is. So we knew more about this dude. Yes. only because of the crazy stuff. I had done. heard of this guy before. Yes, I had not never heard, heard of John Paul Michael Glaser. Jones is that his name? Jared, Jared Jones, Jones Smith. Smith. <laughs> Until Mike Mayock brought it up in a press conference, and again we talked about it. Like, I who? thought he said Jerry Jones Smith, <laughs> and I was like, who? Jerry Jones has like a son with a hyphenated name. Playing? And I enjoy and like all those beat writers out there, friends with a lot of them, but I'm going to tell you all right now, and they said I might have known them. You know you didn't. <laughs> Nobody knew Jones this dude existed. Smith. Is he still on the team? I yes, guess he is. Yes, he has I guess a he's, is, he, is he starting this year? Yeah. Anyway. He might be. Yeah, he might be starting this year. He's but had a Brandon Parker When that guy's name chart. was mentioned, there's no way everyone on that Zoom didn't say, who the hell is that? The only communication I get from uh, Raiders PR is when they sign and release players, and trust me, I've been keeping my eye out for Jerry Jones. You've also been keeping your eye out if we get a return call and if we can have the long snapper on this show. Yeah, nah. I, mm, yeah. It's a tough return call. Frank Gore is currently assessing the right situation. He wants to wait 
to sign anything He'll until get a job. training camp. He'll get a job. Gruden, call him John yeah, Gruden. There'll be injuries in camp. Someone will go get him. Who yes. is the Raiders' third running back right now? Is Jalen Richard still on the yes, roster? Yes, it's, it's, it's Josh Jacobs. We don't Give know where Frank he is. Gore. We do know where the Joker is but we, and Jalen Richard. Give me Frank Gore instead. Let's go. It's going to be great. Come on, Gruden. God. Sign another running back. You, I won't even criticize who it this was the time. other fullback that Gruden Gruden used to do a, a, a like lineup? Mike Allstott and somebody else who was... Oh, in all- Tampa? He had two fullbacks? Yeah, and yeah. He, he would do a yeah. double fullback formation. Is there any way you could have a play this year with Jacobs, the Joker, and Frank Gore? Yes! That'd be awesome. Yes! And Mariota. Yeah, by I was John, about to say, have blocked, Mariota split out yes, wide. Being blocked by John Michael Smith. And, like, I mean, you could just get them all in the field at once. Mariota, those three, and Steel Air Force's triple option offense. It'll be better in the red zone oh, than what they normally do. Foster Moreau is just never going to catch anything. I have an update for you. Uh, you can uh, listen on Stitcher and all your podcasts uh, in terms of uh, Adam and I's podcast each week. He told me yesterday. He gave. He was out at OTAs, Adam Hill. Um, he told me yesterday, Henry Ruggs is a lot bigger this year. Oh, oh does that mean this, news? this is, he is breaking news. Is he slower? No, he he, he apparently he, apparently he didn't lose any speed. Well, I'm gonna wait until you're out. But there unsportsmanlike conduct will be hitting the waves today, and you're gonna hear oh, Adam Hill say. Man. Now, I'll say this: Adam was in Cancun. I think he had a few pops in him. So I don't know what the hell he's talking about for the whole. Wait, you guys podcast. made him do a podcast yes. while on vacation? I got a hard time about that at the what? game last night when people were like, "This guy works like every day of his life. He goes to Cancun." And you made him. I said, yeah, we missed a podcast last week. I'm not missing two weeks, but answer the phone. Let's go. <laughs> he answered the phone. It was on Zoom. He's lounging in this huge chair and he puts the, the camera on and all you see is beautiful blue ocean. And I said, I looked at the time. I go, we better get this done, buddy, because I know you're not drinking water. So let's go. <laughs> but he did. He did say, I said, what do you what'd you get? This is why I, I don't know what he was really kind of sipping there. But I go, what do you figure about OTAs? Because with Golden Knights, I haven't been out there. He goes, I'll tell you what. Henry, Henry Ruggs looks a lot bigger. Like, that's what you got for me? <laughs> Coming up next, ESPN ranked the Raiders as having the worst offseason in the NFL. But if Henry Ruggs is bigger, I don't know if that's the truth. Now is your chance to win a pair of tickets to go see British Rock Royalty at Las Vegas Ballpark coming up on June 26th. We will take caller number five at 702 702- 364-1100. If you want to go see British Rock Royalty at Las Vegas Ballpark, 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number five. Our stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Call the press box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678. Uh, it's amazing. You know, just to get a chance, you know, we talk about learn the learner, you know, and you got to see him in all different aspects, not only in the classroom, but on the field as well. So to get that one-on-one, uh, you know, chance to kind of communicate with them and get to know them even more, uh, I can't tell you, putting in words, just how important that was for all of us as a new staff. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Congratulations to Richard. He won a pair of tickets to go see British Rock Royalty at Las Vegas Ballpark on June 26th. They'll be performing songs from The Who, Pink Floyd, David Bowie, Queen, and Led Zeppelin. We will have another pair of tickets to give away later in the show. 
But ESPN, they ranked all the teams in the NFL on how good their offseason was. And coming in at 32 of 32 was the Raiders. Do you think they had a worse, the worst offseason in the NFL? I'm not going to in any shape or form sit here and tell you what all 32 teams did in the offseason. Now, we only know... I mean, I only I pay close enough attention to two teams to tell you I followed my whole life, and now the Raiders. Um, so, I think a lot of it goes to. I think a lot of it goes to. You've brought up the Colton Miller contract. The Joker was on the Zoom the other day, and that's a contract that everyone's questioning and saying this guy better step up, Kenyon Drake, and do something because that's a lot of money. Um, you know, I thought Ngakwe and Carl Joseph were kind of good signings. Um, yeah, I guess I'm surprised they're 32. And not knowing anything about 30 of the other 32, Ngakwe, like, I thought they did some things, but what what is this based on? Is it based on contracts? Like, I don't know what this is overall yeah, based it's on. just based on any, anything they did okay, in the offseason. So, so, yeah, I mean. There's two teams that stick out that technically nothing has happened, but Deshaun Watson and the Texans, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Right. Both of those teams' offseasons have been worse now what's well, like austin gale said the texans also signed a lot of they changed a yes, lot of things there's like 40 new guys yeah. on their roster right and they're now. not having mandatory yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best and we've accomplished everything we want with voluntary even though half the people showed up to be fair to espn <laughs> this ranking was put out before the okay. texans canceled so maybe the texans have leapfrogged the raiders <laughs> in the worst offseason were the texans also the ones that just didn't assign anyone numbers yes same yes, team. yes yeah, yeah. Uh, they're doing. It's doing. They're doing well. No, there. they assigned them numbers. They just gave the media a roster that didn't have yeah. the numbers, just the player names. Tex, yeah, so yeah, the Texans so, might have leapfrogged the Raiders here, but like, okay, on the Packers, the Raiders part of this, didn't put a youth pastor in charge. Yes, on the Packers side of this, technically, if Aaron Rodgers comes back and plays in Week One, even if he never shows up until the first game of the season. The Packers offseason was just fine and better than the Raiders. But as of right now, the Packers have had a worse offseason than the Raiders. Now, it's not because their front office has like, made any bad decisions right now. Well, right now. They did last year, but not right now. It's because Aaron Rodgers might not be there, and that's a bad offseason. That's worse than anything any other team can do in the NFL except the Chiefs pissing off Patrick Mahomes or the Bucks pissing off Brady. So the Packers have the worst offseason. The Texans probably have a worse offseason as well. But if you look at the Raiders and their offseason, I like I like the Ngakwe signing a lot. It was a big need on the team. Yannick Ngakwe has some good seasons. Now, is he going to be a true number one edge rusher that you can rely on to get whatever, 9 to 12, nine to 12 sacks, sacks or something like that? I don't know. Maybe that's too much to ask for him as the number one option as a pass rusher. But... He's a good player. It was a big need. I don't think that's, I think that's a positive. I like what they did in the secondary, not because they got great players, but you bring in Casey Hayward, Carl Joseph, and you um, draft Trevon Mooring in the second round. What they did in the secondary is they gave themselves options in case Jonathan Abram isn't any good. Okay, Carl Joseph can play there, right? If Damon Arnett's not any good, Casey Hayward can be mm-hmm. a starting cornerback. Might be the starting cornerback anyways, even if Damon Arnett gets better because Hayward has been an established NFL corner. So they gave themselves options secondary to if some of these young guys continue to be bad like they were last year. They've got quality or decent replacements that can conceivably step in and do at least an average job. So those are the good things. The problem is 
they decimated their offensive line. I think that's where a lot of these rankings, and having not read yeah. it, will probably point on is like you gave up a lot of really good offensive linemen. Rodney Hudson and Gabe Which Jackson was a strength and you made it a weakness, a pen, and, you know, perception-wise. And you took $9 million and lit it on fire by giving Colton Miller an when, extension. When you didn't need to. Right. His cap hit jumps $9 right. million for an extension right. that didn't need to be done. And so you look at the offensive line and all of a sudden you're looking at Andre James, Denzel Good, and Alex Leatherwood starting from center to right tackle right. when it was Rodney, Rodney Hudson, Hudson, Gabe, Gabe Jackson, Jackson, and Trent Brown yeah, went healthy. But, right. Like, it was, hey, that's a hell of an offense. Like, you would have said that might be one of the best offensive lines in football. Yeah. If healthy, obviously. And now it's who is Andre James, yeah. right? Denzel Good has been a good, like, sixth offensive lineman who rotates in when guys are hurt. But... Is Denzel Good going to be a good starter for 16, well, 17 games now? I don't know. And then your right tackle is a rookie and Alex Leatherwood. As much as we like her, the fact that the biggest news about uh, Andre James has dealt with Cassie Soto, I don't know if that's a good thing in the OTAs. <laughs> well, uh, it probably is. As long as you're not here. Listen, if we go the whole season and do not mention Andre James. <laughs> except for the fact he found Cassie's uh, SIM card. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> that's probably a great thing. Because, listen, the problem is Andre James gets blown up on some a gap blitz and Derek Carr is <laughs> sitting on his ass looking around saying, Oh God, I miss Rodney. Hey, Hudson. Where's Rodney? Hey, we got a fifth round pick for him. Thanks guys. <laughs> hey, the ball would also be loose. Yes. Derek Carr gets he's, sacked. He's sitting down watching the other team score in the end zone. Like yeah. if that happens, that's a disaster. If we never mention that probably good for Listen, yeah. if Andre James is just an average center, Great season for Andre James. Yeah. Not necessarily great for the Raiders to move on from Hudson for average, but that'll be great for Andre. Like James. I said, I think thirty-two. They probably put a big onus on the offensive line. I didn't. I don't know that it's a big enough one that they, you would you'd have to drop them to thirty-two. But again, I can't, like you know I don't know name a team. Carolina off season. I mean, you know, I'm not going to go through all thirty-two right. teams. I just look at the Raiders. I'm like they're really the worst. I understand the Miller contract. I understand the offensive line, but they did some things elsewhere. I don't know what the rankings are based on. They're probably like in the bottom half, but That's I don't fine, know that but they're last. The last, who knows? The other thing that Bill Barnwell, who did these, the other thing he brought up was hiring Gus Bradley. And as a good or a bad? As a bad thing. Basically oh. pointing out that Gus Bradley has had some okay teams in the past, but he's needed high-end talent to do it, and there's been no track record of Gus Bradley with below-average talent producing an above-average defense, which is what they're expecting. So I see your note here. Did he want them to hire he Wade Phillips? He said Wade Phillips would have been oh. a better hire. So now... Well, Wade, that might be proven right or wrong. We right. Don't know. So, but that was another criticism in there. So it was not just the roster, but also the coaching, okay. or the hiring decisions as far as coaches go that he thought Wade Phillips would have been better. Which actually, that, that that's something I've been thinking about. Gus Bradley typically runs a cover three, right? And Yes. They That's did. what they're excited about. Jonathan Abram doesn't have to cover anybody. I, okay, but I just don't know if they brought in any of the personnel to well, actually. Okay, they brought. Casey Hayward played for him before, so one. Well, they. I think they're hoping Trayvon Mooring. They are, even though they didn't I mean, play. They in didn't college. play cover three in college. Played cover two in CCU. Yeah. So it's it's they brought in Hayward, who was under Gus Bradley before, and it's supposedly the defense that will fit Jonathan Abram the best because he doesn't have to cover anybody. <laughs> <laughs> we're pretty can, sure we're pretty sure Case Hayward's playing on the outside, but I think the media the other day told him he was playing on the inside. He goes, "Well, I haven't played that yet in when, practice." When you tailor your entire defensive game plan around how do we make sure Jonathan Abram doesn't cover, you might deserve the worst offseason ranking of the, Maybe. Of the year. That Maybe. might be what you deserve. All right, coming up next, Shang Pang joins the show. 
Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678. Passes out high. Point shot tipped into the goal! Vegas leads by two. Five three nights. William Carrier, the redirection down low. The shot came from out high from Theodore. And Vegas has its first two-goal lead of the day. It's the Press Box with Brady and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. I think Shang Pang is going to join us. I also think Jared and Shang are playing phone tag right now. So hopefully we're going to get Shang Pang on the phone in a minute. Um, I don't think Shang Pang is going to pull a well, Kevin he, Martin. He uh, retweeted the uh, rundown. So he... Well, I guess listen, he. I guess he knows he's supposed to be on. Well, Kevin E. Martin did that too one time and didn't answer the phone. <laughs> she retweeted it as we were talking about why isn't she answering the phone. <laughs> it's all about timing in this business, Tyler. It's all about timing. Where are you, Shang? So hopefully hey. Shang answers the phone um, because I I, I asked Shang to come on and he said, "Yeah, what do you want to talk about?" I just said all your hockey hot takes because he, yeah. he Shang right. He covers the Sharks for San Jose Hockey now and. We don't need to know anything about the Sharks right now. No, we just want no. Shang's hot takes yes. on the playoffs. Uh, yes. Shang, how are you? Hey, Shang. Hey, I'm not I'm pretty offended. I think the Sharks are a very hot topic right now. Shang, there <laughs> is on. nothing that I care less about right now <laughs> than the San Jose Sharks. Um, okay. Give me your uh, – do you have a hot take on the Golden Knights beating the Avalanche? Are the Avalanche chokers? <laughs> no, Avalanche aren't chokers, but I think that they didn't uh, adjust maybe to uh, the game plan. And uh, maybe uh, I think uh, losing Kadri hurt more than uh, people uh, talked about. Just because uh, Kadri played a, a different way, uh, and uh, they maybe needed uh, somebody that could score and play in a different way than uh, than what they're known for. Just kind of a little bit of that run and gun. Okay, so the seven-one. It's they go down on the power play goal to go down two-zero. Uh, Pete DeBoer after last night. No one in the hockey world would have ever thought we'd come back. They thought more we'd get swept. At 2-0, did you get any sense they could rally at all? Oh, absolutely, because game two, they, they should have won, right? And, of course, uh, you know, game one happened, and it was 7-1, to one, and, you know, sky is falling, and maybe the, 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 the avalanche or the, the 80s oil is reincarnated <laughs> and, and all that stuff. And anyway, uh, actually, the Sharks are relevant because the the, oh, the last team to beat the the Avalanche before the Golden Knights uh, was the Sharks in the regular season. I think the Avalanche they were on like an eleven game winning streak or whatever, <laughs> right, including the regular season. That and, was and not relevant at, at all, Shang. That was completely <laughs> irrelevant. <laughs> Subscribe to Channel Day Hockey now. Um, but anyway, though, um, uh, but game two though, the, the Golden Knights actually right they outplay the Golden Knights. I'm sorry, I played the Avalanche. They slow down the Avalanche, they double them up and, and shots, and that's exactly what the Golden Knights wanted to do to the Avalanche. They were they were playing the Golden Knights were playing the game that they wanted. They just happened to lose. And I think the big question was, could the Golden Knights continue that? You know, was it just a one off, or uh, was it was the Avalanche just off for a night? And clearly, that wasn't the case. So I think uh, game two, you could start to see uh, the the Vegas kind of game plan uh, uh, take take shape. We have seen in the playoffs a lot of complaints about officiating in terms of lack of calls. I think Connor McDavid didn't draw a single penalty in their first round series, but in this series in particular, first two games, the Golden Knights committed 13 minor penalties. Pete DeBoer then called out the Avalanche for being uh, soft, for embellishing calls. 
to get calls and get power plays. Since DeBoer called them out, the next four games, the Golden Knights were only called for seven minor penalties, four of which were delay a game for shooting it over the glass. Uh, what do you make of officiating in this series and in the NHL playoffs as a whole? I just think it's always a, a fun after the game. It's a great uh, material for us when uh, the coaches call out the rest, and it's all part of the kind of the the the, the, the game. I think you know the, the game within the game. Uh, the, the the coaches, uh, <laughs> you know, working working the refs, and so all in all, I know it's it, it's fine with me. You know, it's it's the playoffs. You know, you 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 want to get a call. You know, you might have to take a couple more hacks than you usually win a regular season, and that's okay with me. <laughs> What do you? Uh, I want to ask something because you've watched them as closely as anyone uh, when they're playing San Jose and when they're not. Uh, but someone made a point to me after the Knights went up three two, and the point was the person said I'd be so frustrating watching the Colorado Avalanche if I was a fan of their team because they have so much skill and talent, but how they play, they almost play like we know we're better skilled than you. I think it got caught up with them against as good or better team. Like the Pacific was, excuse me, the Honda was so bad. Did they just get away with a lot of stuff? Because like, yeah, we're just better. We're just going to win 5-2, so it doesn't matter. But the turnovers and how they played, trying to be cute, it's almost like against the Knights, the Knights were like, no, nah, we had 82 points also, so you can't do that here. Yeah, I think maybe there's a little bit uh, of that. I think that, like I said, uh, I'm missing a guy like like Kadri. Uh, you got to be able to win in different ways in a playoff. So that, that's what I think. But I think that, the uh, Golden Knights, uh, not that I, look, I picked the, the Avalanche to win, but I didn't think that it would be any kind of landslide. You know, I thought that would be a very, very good series. And I think that the one thing that the Golden Knights do have on the Avalanche is that when I look at the Golden Knights, I see a team that can win in different ways. And you can, you can see that, you know, they can beat you. The Golden Knights can beat you off the rush. Uh, they can beat you on the floor check. They can beat you down low. Uh, and with uh, Colorado, I think that that's what they've been trying to work on the last couple of years is to, add a little more uh, dimension to their team or something like that. So, I don't know. Maybe they should uh, sign uh, uh, Joe Thornton and Wayne Simmons uh, this offseason to add some uh, veteran grit to the lineup. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, it sounds like they're very old. You're just bringing up former San Jose players. They're all great in Toronto, right? Former so. San Jose. Um, all right. How are the Montreal Canadiens here, and how are they here having not trailed in seven straight playoff games? Well... <laughs> <laughs> they, they 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 got to play a, a lot of Joe Thornton and Wayne Simmons, I guess, so that helped. <laughs> but uh, no, but but seriously though, um, but Macho got there a lot with Carrie, you know Carey Price, uh, and so that's just something that definitely is going to be a, a question mark of for uh, for uh, Vegas. You know they they've got to be able to solve uh, Carey Price uh, over a seven game series, and also too, uh, Montreal it has a, a underrated team. They have a, a good depth at forward. And they have a, a, a good solid group. I don't think that it's, it's going to be quite the the, the cakewalk that, uh, that that people will make out this Montreal Vegas series to be. I wouldn't count out a, a Montreal at all. Uh, Got to ask you this: uh, Have you been called by Jim Dolan's office to give your yay or nay as Gerard Glant of the Rangers? Oh yes. <laughs> have you been called? Uh, have you been called to follow up as a reference for Gerard Glant to be the next New York Rangers coach? <laughs> I think I think uh, uh, Turk with the reporters in New York are, are going to be interesting. So. That's a good point. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh man! I don't know. <laughs> so so if, if they ask for my 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 uh, uh, my consultant report, I would say yes. That, that definite <laughs> thumbs up because that is going to be uh, some uh, some high entertainment. So I don't know uh, over under on uh, uh, Gerard uh, Galanta uh, elbowing uh, Larry Brooks within a year. What do you, what do you guys think? <laughs> 
the pandemic, Shang. It's all on Zoom. You can't elbow him. He'll just get mad and storm <laughs> off. Um, do you, you think Gallant gets hired this offseason before next year? I, I think so, right? I mean, the stock has certainly risen, actually, uh, after uh, uh, taking a, a Canada team that I think lost the first three games in a World Championship, teams like Latvia and things like that, to the, the World Championship. Champions uh, uh, gold medal. Um, I, I think though that maybe the, the the problem though is that you know he wants it, you know, deservedly so after what he did in Vegas, and maybe also speaks to what happened in Vegas. You know, he you know maybe wants a little more say say in things, right? And so if he's not going to get that say, then then maybe he'll wait it out, and maybe that's what's going to keep him from getting a job uh, uh, quickly. Um, but uh, yeah, but I, I would think though that. That you know, you know, he's been he's been he's been on uh, you know away for for long enough, and obviously uh, with his world championship sh- uh, success, you know that that's that's just another sort of uh, uh, you know medal in the cabinet for him right there. So yeah, I, I think I think he, he goes somewhere this off season. So I want to. It won't you... be San Jose. Oh, that, that'd be oh. too bad. <laughs> How great would that be? DeBoer here. Uh, Clot in San Jose playoffs next year. That clown over there. It's like, wait, who are you talking to? Which one's who's talking now? Who's the clown? Well, San Jose's not making the playoffs. We know that. Are you talking about me? Am I the clown? You are, Shane. Yes. Um, I do want to ask you. All right, we're we're in the final four of the NHL playoffs, which means we're going to see two series of teams that did not play each other the entire year. How, you go into this. You already told us don't count out Montreal, but like. It, should we put anything into what any of these teams have already done, given that there's been no crossover games, and now they're playing these teams for the first time? Um, yeah, I, that, that, definitely, that is definitely a really interesting thing, right? This is like uh, like how baseball used to be, right, for interleague play. It's kind of it's, it's kind of neat. Um, there's there's, there's, there's got to be some stock into what what these teams have done. Obviously, the house can you can you scout them? But yeah, no, it's definitely. Uh, not as much as, uh, a stock as if these teams that play each other eight, ten times a year. You know, Colorado, you knew what you're getting, uh, if you're Vegas going to the series. Montreal, you, you don't know. Um, and so yeah, that's, that's going to be one of the really fun things, uh, and maybe, you know, that this is where, you know, coaching, uh, might, 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 might matter a little bit, a little bit more where, uh, the coach can, can, uh, can exercise a little bit of an edge because he might be able to surprise that team a little bit more than he, he would in a, in a regular kind of playoff matchup. Are you disappointed or proud of yourself that you have not dropped an F-bomb in a post-game Zoom talking to a star player? <laughs> are you, which one are you now? Have I done that before? Uh, are, you, are you disappointed? I probably, I probably haven't. Not, not over Zoom, at least. Okay, all right. Those 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 will get you, Shane. Hey, it happens, you. all right. Everyone asks bad questions. So <laughs> I've asked my oh. my share of it. Tyler, your your whole career is based on asking bad questions, right? That's the yes. foundation of what you do, right? So. Asking bad questions and pointing out when other people ask bad questions yes, is exactly. my career. Yes, yes, that's your brand. So it is. Um, okay, Shang, you once uh, gave me one of the hottest takes on Mark Andre Fleury, and I'm going to ask you mm-hmm. probably the worst possible time in his career because he had his best regular the season ever and he's going to the second round after helping beat Colorado but Marc-Andre Fleury's career he is a compiler oh yeah the Hall of Fame question right yes oh yeah you know I I didn't have a chance to think about it's not fair because it's not normal that a guy at uh, 36 right has you know maybe his best season ever and actually two of his uh, 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 two two of his best seasons ever in the last four years right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in his uh, mid thirties, right? Uh, you know, maybe he's using a little bit of the, the spider tack there. What do you, what do you guys think? But, 
Well, <laughs> but no, seriously though, he's he's been he's been amazing. I I've had to think of think about it because it, it does make a difference <clears throat> putting together the, the those those two years we're talking about. His first year in Vegas, uh, where he was amazing, and obviously this this past season where everyone expected that you know he would basically be the Golden Knights backup this year. And instead, he, he put together, you know, I had him second in my business of voting. So, oh, so full, full hey, oh, to it. well, so, yeah, oh, <laughs> so, I might be welcoming a bit. I got, I got to look at it. But no, there is a little bit of, I, I, I can't change what I said four years ago because it's still two great seasons in a lot of seasons that were maybe good, but not great. You know, we could see that by how many Desert nominations he's had before this past year, right? And so there is a little bit of a compiling aspect. But look, I cover uh, Patrick Marlowe, and you know, there's a, a you know compiler, right? If you've ever seen one, right? <laughs> well, real quick on the compiling, because a couple of media people are in town. Don't they think he's deserving of the Vesna? But it's the first time he's right. been a finalist, and their point will be: well, he's not only deserving, but they won't be surprised that a lot of the GMs didn't say, you know what? Look at the career. He, you know, the, he'll never be a finalist again. Let's just go ahead and give it to him. What do you think? Do you think that could have happened once we see the voting? Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess that could happen because it is the GM's voting. It's, uh, there's, you know, third, you know, there's not as many voters there as, uh, with the PHWA. So there could be a little bit of that kind of, uh, bias. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I think to me, Vasilevsky is the clear Vezina winner. I actually gave Vasilevsky a heart vote. I, I thought that Vasilevsky was so good this year. Um, but, uh, regardless of whether or not he, he gets the Vezina, in terms of just the, the, the Hall of Fame, I mean, I think that he's definitely, yeah, I mean, you can't, can't can't argue with with these two great seasons, uh, and, and it, it is uh, you know it matters <laughs> in, in 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 the balance. And if you if you if, if you're a compiler and then you come up with these two great seasons in your in your thirties, I mean, hey, you know, get out of here. Uh, more credit to you, and uh, there you go. You know, so I don't know if he's a first ballot guy or anything like that, but uh, I guess that's a, that that's a hot take for another time. So. Right. Get out of here with your goalie heart votes. Goalies don't deserve the heart, Shang. They have oh, their come own on, award. man. The they heart vote is for the most award. valuable player, right? They and so how can uh, a goalie not be considered for that? How can a, a defenseman not be considered for that? They need to come up with, a, you know, they have a best defenseman award. They have a, uh, obviously a best goalie award. They need to come up with the best forward award. Then. They do. It's but, called uh, the heart. most valuable player, uh, definitely uh, uh, I, the defenseman and a goalie should should be in equal consideration for that. And a goalie might be, you know, winning every year, actually, if you have a most valuable player, right? They're just meat bags that are well-positioned. He's Shang Pang. <laughs> it's San Jose Hockey now. Shang, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Shang. Appreciate it. Talk to you guys soon. Take care. By the way, on the Flurry compiler thing, A, first off, the reason he's never been a Vesna finalist is because he's never been top five in like save percentage or goal saved above average. He's always been a good player. But it's not, compiler has this negative connotation. We were talking about Frank Gore earlier. Frank Gore's a compiler. Compiler's not a bad thing. It means you've been above average well, for, for a really years. long time. Yeah. It, it just doesn't mean you haven't been great in most of those seasons, but being above average for 20 years is. Yeah. Phenomenal. Pretty darn good. Stayed in a professional sport yeah. for like 20 years. It has a very negative connotation, but it's it's a very good thing to be a Marc-Andre Fleury, a Frank Gore, or whoever you want to throw as in a compiler. How as popular as he is, and he's probably one of the most popular players in maybe the history of hockey because of the places he's been, people how people love him. Are you surprised, not deserving of it, because I do think there's an argument whether he's deserving or not. Are you surprised this many people wonder if he's going to make the Hall of Fame? They do? Oh, I think I, I oh. did something about a year and a half ago where I found a lot of opinions that said, well, 
he's the greatest guy in the world. Now we're going to start breaking out like the, the Stanley Cups. Well, he really wasn't even the star. I mean, they came up with a lot of reasons. I think he's going to make it. I think he's going to get in. He's four every time. I think he should be in. I just I found a lot of opinions about a year ago, and he was really bad. So I get that that might have had something to do with it. That people questioned. I'm like, that's interesting because I thought the guy was just automatic. Yeah, I mean, I, I just thought he was. I like, is there a question about this? He's going to be in because of compiling because of it. Okay. He's, at, he's the high end of so many all time right. lists. He's going to be in even if he had 20 years and only two of them were great and 15 of them were average. He's going to be in because of compiling. All, all right. right, coming up next. Uh oh, Jay's going for a jersey pretty soon. It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. Jay is back. He's gotten five in a row. So here is the setup. We have a jersey to give away if anybody gets to nine. If anybody can break our previous longest streak of eight. Jay is at five. The jersey, though, has been a mystery this entire time. But we told Jay when he got to five, we would let him know what that jersey is. So, Jay, we will tell you right now, the jersey you will win if you get to nine is a Raiders Antonio Brown jersey. Wow. <laughs> now, I'm not going to say who you're going to pick tonight, but there is a layup, a first-grade layup out there that I think I know where you're going. Now, hold on. Before, we, before you make your pick, we do have a, an offer for you. We're going to do like deal or no deal right here. Okay. You can you can quit right now and you'll win a press box t-shirt. Hi. Or you can forego the press box t-shirt and try to go for 9 and win the Antonio Brown jersey. But if you do that you have to give us a draft pick back. So, you have to give us a draft pick also. So, would you like to quit and go with the press box jersey or do you want to keep going for 9 in the Antonio Brown jersey? I'm going to keep going and go for the AP jersey. Good decision. Right. Good decision. All right. Yeah. So, what's your pick for today? Well, you called it. It is a layup tonight. And I can't switch it up. L.A. Dodgers yep. running line. Uh, yep, yep, yep. All right. We got the Dodgers. They're playing the Texas it's, Rangers. They're almost $4. And we'll give you the clue that the guy they're pitching for Texas is 1-6 with a 5 ERA. <laughs> exactly. I've seen that. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. If Thanks Dodgers so much, Jay. win, we'll be talking to you on Monday. Thanks, Jay. Jay has emerged from the wind tunnel to pick the Dodgers for almost minus $4 against the stupid Rangers in L.A. tonight with some guy named Fallen White. Uh, he will be pitched. He's scheduled to pitch against Kershaw tonight. It's his, uh, who's this? Mike Fallen White. One oh. and six, 4.75 ERA. Fulton Avich. Huh? Fulton Avich. Is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, well, I like the Dodgers' chances. I knew, like, I'm, I right when Jay came out, I'm like, okay, well, who are the Dodgers playing? And like, it's at at LA against that guy. Like, uh, this is in the layup. Listen, Kershaw walks out today with a clean hat. We oh, spin rate down to like six, and it's over. <laughs> the Rangers he's are going to win. Knuckleballs. He's throwing knuckleballs. <laughs> he's throwing oofus pitches. He's like just lobbing them over. He's like, what the hell happened to you? Where's your hat? Man. He's throwing underhand. We need. Where is Tim Wakefield right now? I need him to just come out, do a radio interview, and be like, yeah, now that Trevor Bauer's not using that crap, he's got more spin, or I had more spin than he did. We need Tim right, Wakefield Dickie, to just right, dunk Dickie. on people. Some get yes. signed at 47 years old and suddenly becomes a Cy Young uh, candidate because that is he, awesome. can't, he doesn't juice the ball. Hey, I hope our guy wins the jersey. I, I've got to be honest with you. If you, want, if you want to know the truth, I thought we were giving away a Subban jersey. <laughs> That's the next one, Ed. Oh, oh, Stop I giving it I away. I didn't even know we had a Antonio Brown jersey. 